This is I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. The following is a recent Sunday morning message given by Pastor Robert Brown. Hallelujah. So we're going to look at a particular uh, person here, amen, in Genesis 5, 21, amen. We're going to read toward the 21st verse, amen. I'm on my first slide here, hallelujah. Here we go with the reading of God's word, amen. Hallelujah, it reads, And Enoch lived sixty and five years, and begat Methuselah. We know Methuselah is the, uh, the human being that lived the longest on the earth. It was 969 years. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. So after he had Methuselah, he had sons and daughters. All right. And this is all after the age of 65. Woo, look at Jesus. Hallelujah. We were different back then as human beings. Amen. Hallelujah. You're having babies after 65. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So there's hope for you all. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God. And he was not. For God took him. Somebody say amen. 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 What's happening here? Amen. There are. A lot of things going on in this passage of scripture that we're going to deal with today. But it begs the question, how did Enoch get translated? How did, how did Enoch go with God? How did, how, did, how did all this happen? What are the mechanisms? How is that possible? Here's Enoch, an individual living during the Old Testament before Christ died on the cross to pay for all of our sins. How does this work? How does this happen? And what does it mean to you and I as modern day Christians? Why is this important? Why should this even matter? Why did God put this in the Bible through uh, Moses by way of the Holy Spirit? Why is this here? Brother Pastor, why are we talking about Enoch today? We're going to deal with it today and it's going to bless our hearts. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So with that said, amen. Our next slide. Amen. Our title today is The Mystery of Enoch. The Mystery of Enoch. God's going to lead us today in unveiling what is the significance of Enoch in the Bible. Hallelujah. And how does it bless us as modern day Christians? Why does it matter to us? Hallelujah. What's going on with Enoch? Hallelujah. And we're going to look at it today. Amen. Hallelujah. Join me as I pray. Amen. Of our message today. Father God, we come before in the matchless name of Jesus. We thank and praise you for gathering us here today, whether in person or online, Lord God. Now, now, Father God, we need a word from you, Lord God, that would enrich our hearts, that would feed us that spiritual food that we need, hallelujah, to continue in this earthly realm, Lord God. Father God, this task is far, far too great for me. You are the preacher. You are the teacher. Preach today. Teach today like never before. I decrease that you might increase in me. Have your way in this message with your people. We thank you and praise you today for your faithfulness to us through your word. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. The mystery of Enoch. This is something that has plagued me for years through my salvation. Amen. These questions. Uh, what is going on? Hallelujah. With the life of Enoch. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And when I discovered it. Amen. When it was presented to me. Amen. Glory to God. 
Hallelujah. I gave God all the glory. Amen. All the praise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, we're going to turn back to that passage. Amen. But hallelujah, I've, I've taken the liberty to amplify it a little bit. Amen. As we go from Genesis 5, 21 through 24. Amen. And we're going to look at some things here. Amen. Hallelujah. So as I'm back in the scripture here, it says Enoch lived 60 and five years. All right. Hallelujah. Now, 65, amen, from a biblical standpoint, amen, has the significance, amen. Hallelujah. It's the first time it's mentioned in the Bible, amen. And it denotes uh, Enoch being the seventh generation from Adam. It doesn't mean he was the seventh person, but he lived seven generations down from Adam. Hallelujah. We're going to get more into that later. Hallelujah. But keep that in mind that Enoch was the seventh generation from Adam. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. And begat Methuselah. We will deal with Methuselah later. Amen. And Enoch walked or halal in the Hebrew. That word walked means amen. And, and it means an intimate fellowship. He had an intimate fellowship with God. Hallelujah. This God here is the word Elohim. And we know that Elohim denotes the Trinity. Amen. Because literally Elohim in the Hebrew means God or more than one. Now, we know we only serve one God, so that denotes the Trinity. We serve a God that is a complex unity. He is three in one. Amen. He is complex. He is more than man. He is a being that is three in one. He's a being we can't quite understand fully amen because he's complex he is unlike us in so many ways hallelujah he is god elohim three in one he said let us make man the notes that there was more than one person one god three persons hallelujah unlike man that we are one being and one person God is complex. He is, not, he is not like that. Hallelujah. He is beyond our imagination. So Enoch walked or had intimate fellowship with God or Elohim, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. After he begat Methuselah, 300 years, hallelujah, now 300, amen, scripturally means, hallelujah, and this is the first time 300 is mentioned as well. 300 means supernatural victory over death. It's a multiple of 30. Amen. Hallelujah. 300. The number 300 means supernatural victory over death. My God. Let's keep that in mind as we move forward. And begat sons and daughters. So hallelujah. After he, during that 300 year period. Amen. Enoch had sons and daughters. They're not mentioned by name right here. Amen. But he, hallelujah. The scripture is letting us know that he had sons and daughters after Methuselah during that 300 year period. Amen. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. So if we combine the 300 plus the 65, he's the seventh generation from Adam. Amen. Hallelujah. And that 300 denotes the supernatural victory over death. Hallelujah. Those two go together. Amen. That the seventh generation, the seventh generation from Adam, that individual would have supernatural victory over death. My God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And Enoch walked or had intimate fellowship with God. And he 
was not. For God, or Elohim, took him. We'll deal with that word took later. Amen. Hallelujah. So there's a lot going on here. Amen. So being that Enoch was the seventh person, seventh generation from Adam, I should say. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And hallelujah meant had some significance. Amen. And that hallelujah, he lived 300 years after having Methuselah, which denotes supernatural victory over death. Hallelujah. His his point his, his he being a person in history at that particular time had significance. Amen. We're going to get more into it. Amen. But as I move to the next slide, amen, it brings up the question. Why did God take Enoch out of all the people in the world? Why did he take Enoch? Amen. If we look at this word took, amen, hallelujah, in the Hebrew, it's a Hebrew word because we are coming out of the Old Testament portion of the Bible. It's a Hebrew word uh, called lakah. Lakah. And it means take away from. So God was taking him away from something. Hmm. Let's go on to our next slide. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, that one question being answered now brings about another question. What was God taking Enoch away from? We're going to look at the name on the next slide. Methuselah. Where does Methuselah live? We know that he was the human that lived the longest on the earth, 969 years. Amen. What does Methuselah mean? Methuselah means, according to Chuck Missler and the Hitchcock Bible Names Dictionary, it means he has sent his death or his death shall bring. Hallelujah. So Methuselah means his death shall bring. Now, Enoch named Methuselah. And Enoch named him, his death shall bring. Why did he name his son, his death shall bring? Amen. We're going to hit our first point right now. Hallelujah. God brought about the flood after the death of Methuselah. His death shall bring. What shall it bring? The flood or the death of all of mankind. Amen. And everything on the earth. Amen. Hallelujah. Enoch, through the name of his son, prophesied that the flood would come and hit the earth. Why did the flood come? Amen. And I know it's not widely preached about or talked about in preaching circles. Amen. Hallelujah. But in chapter 6, and we won't turn there. Amen. The sons of God saw the daughters of men. Amen. Hallelujah. And took them as wives. Amen. Satan in his plan was trying to destroy the bloodline that would lead to Christ by intermarrying angels, amen, with human beings, amen. God set the flood to destroy this demonic plan from the enemy, hallelujah, and prophesy and used Enoch to prophesy through his son that after his son died, his, uh, hallelujah, his name meaning, hallelujah, his death shall bring, his death shall bring about the flood or the judgment upon the earth, amen, because of this intermingling between angels and human beings. Enoch was a prophet. My God, hallelujah. You know, God was thinking about you and I when he did this. There'd be no chance for redemption 
if this demonic plan had succeeded. This is part of the reason why David and the, I mean, why the children of Israel had to kill the, the people of Canaan. Because they were the descendants of giants. What did, what did they say in the book of Numbers? Amen. The Israelites saw, they said, the people are so large. The people are so tall. How should we defeat them? They were looking through their eyes, their natural eyes, and not through the eyes of faith. Think about David. David defeated this half-angel, half-giant being, a half-human being, this giant named Goliath. His mighty men defeated these giants as well. I know it's hard to fathom with our modern-day minds that there were super-large people, half-angel, half-human people, amen, hallelujah, but God had a plan. Now, 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 many atheists, amen, in challenges of the Bible can understand how can a good God have the Israelites kill the people of Canaan, amen, hallelujah. And because we want to be safe and we want to be accepted by everybody, amen, a lot of biblical scholars don't take it there with the giants, but that was the reason they had to defeat these uh, half-human, half-angelic beings, amen, hallelujah, to preserve the bloodline that led to Christ, amen. Mary, amen, hallelujah, glory to God, had a seed, amen, hallelujah. The Holy Spirit overshadowed her and she had a child, amen, but Mary's bloodline was not defiled by this unholy union, these unholy unions. Hallelujah, hallelujah. reason why uh, Noah, amen, hallelujah, he was, he was blessed in his generation, hallelujah, he had no angelic blood in him but maybe one of his son's wives did that's why the giants continue i'm getting off subject here methuselah his death shall bring bring about what the flood after methuselah died the flood came about amen hallelujah glory to god thank you jesus now i want to examine this enoch the seventh from adam amen we're going to turn to jude 114 jude's in the new testament Testament portion of the Bible. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. Jude was the half-brother of Jesus. Jesus had two half-brothers that wrote books in the Bible. It was James and Jude. Jude is only one chapter. Amen. Jude was dealing with those that were trying to, there were, there were teachings, there were uh, heresies then of people trying to be holy or to get to heaven based off of a works. So Jude's message, his, 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 his uh, one book and one verse in the Bible is combating those that are trying to become righteous through their own self-efforts. It sounds like all the religions of the world. You know what all the religions of the world have in common? They look to become righteous through their own self-efforts. They look to become righteous without a blood sacrifice. All the religions of the world are trying to get to heaven. They're trying to be acceptable or have God's approval through their own self-efforts. And unfortunately, it is seeped into the church. And we, hallelujah, as believers, I know I have personally, I'm guilty. I tried to become righteous through my good works. I tried to come righteous, amen, ignoring the cross, ignoring the blood that was shed on my behalf, hallelujah, and wondered why I did not have the success that I wanted to have as a Christian, amen, because I was engaged in self-righteousness, denying the cross. Because that was, that, what, that was acceptable in the church. A bloodless victory. We need blood, y'all. The blood of Christ. Amen. 
Hallelujah. So Jude was preaching against self-righteousness. Amen. What does Jude say about Enoch here? He says, Enoch, who lived in the, who lived in the seventh generation after Adam, prophesied about these people. What people? People trying to become righteous, hallelujah, through their own self-efforts. He said, listen, the Lord is coming with countless thousands of his holy ones or angels. So Jude is prophesying about Jesus' second return to the earth. He came as a uh, suffering servant the first time, but he's coming back as a conquering king on the second holiday. He's coming with his angels. And Jude is prophesying about that. But let's focus on the, the phrase, seventh generation after Adam. Amen. As we go to the next slide here, point number two I want to make to you today. Amen. According to the commentaries of Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown, as well as that of John Gill, Enoch being born the seventh generation from Adam signifies a sacred number according to ancient Hebrew thought. Hebrew are the writers of the Bible. Hallelujah. Seven signifies the end of an age. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. T frame of time. Amen. So, hallelujah. Enoch was the end of a certain age in the earth. Amen. How God dealt with man. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He, he, he signified the end of that age. Amen. Hallelujah. And freedom from death. Hallelujah. Seven also. Hallelujah. Is God's number of completion. Amen. Hallelujah. That hallelujah, this seventh generation person would be free from death. Now, this is according to Hebrew, ancient Hebrew thought. How they viewed things. They being the writers of the Bible would know. Enoch being the seventh generation from Adam, according to ancient Hebrew thought, means his life was the end of an age of how God dealt with mankind, as well as that Enoch would not see death. So the significance of being the seventh generation from Adam is that he would not see death. Wasn't anything he did. Wasn't anything that he performed. But he was ordained to be the seventh generation from Adam and not see death. My God. Hallelujah. Let's go to our next slide. Enoch went to heaven. There's some debate in scholarly circles. Uh, did Enoch really go to heaven? Because we struggle with, you know, how could he go to heaven and we needed Jesus to die at the cross? All right. Hallelujah. Some believe he went to Antarctica. God just moved him to a different part of the earth. So that's why they, I mean, these are true and real thoughts of people who study the Bible. Hallelujah. But let's read. Amen. We're going to go to Hebrews 11 and 5. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. This is the next slide. Hebrews 11 and 5. Amen. We don't know who the writer of Hebrews is. Many think it's Paul, but we're not sure because the writer doesn't make any reference to himself in the Bible. All right. We know that chapter 11 of Hebrews is all about faith. It's the faith chapter. All right. So let's begin to read God's word out of Hebrews 11 and 5. I'm reading the New Living Translation and it reads, It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven. How did, you, how did Enoch get to heaven? By faith. Sound familiar? 
How do you and I get to heaven? By faith in who? Jesus Christ. And what he accomplished at the cross. Let me read that one more time. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven. Enoch got to heaven by faith. Same thing for us as modern day Christians. Listen, I've engaged in a whole lot of stuff to try to earn heaven, y'all. I don't know about you. 30-day fast in January, three-day fast. I'm not per se anti-fast, but fasting is not a means to get to heaven. Fasting is also not a means to get closer to God. Fasting may be a result of your efforts to spend time with God that you have denied yourself of other things in order that you might dedicate that time for between you and God, but it in and of itself is not a means to get to heaven. Hallelujah. Prayer is wonderful, but I could pray all day and all night. If I don't believe in Jesus Christ, I'm not going to heaven. If I don't believe that his death paid for my sins, then I'm not going to heaven. Hallelujah. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven. Without dying, he disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. So by faith, Enoch went to heaven. And he was known as a person who pleased God. Let's go to the next slide. Amen for point number three. Point three is Enoch was taken to heaven by faith. In addition, Enoch pleased God. We're going to talk more about that second point. Amen. A little bit later. Amen. And we'll say that to a little bit later. Amen. But what we need to hold on to right now with point number three is that Enoch was taken to heaven by faith. And we as modern day Christians, we go to heaven by faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ at the cross that he paid for our sins. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to the next slide. Amen. Now we're going to deal with some more difficult questions here. Amen. Hallelujah. Do the scriptures contradict each other? Jesus said no man has seen God or been to heaven. Our Lord and Savior said no one's seen God and no one's been to heaven. Now that leaves a dilemma. The, 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 the Bible said this must be what the the atheists are talking about that the Bible contradicts itself. That's why you can't believe in that Bible because it contradicts itself. Does it? Does the Bible contradict itself? The Lord, our Lord and Savior said, no man has seen God or been to heaven. Let's deal with that. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're going to turn to John 1.18. King James Version. Next slide, John 1.18. Hallelujah. Here in this first chapter of the Gospel of John, John the Elder, one of the apostles, has his introductory uh, kind of foray into who Jesus is. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So he presents Jesus as God, not just a good man that did good deeds, not just a prophet, but he identifies him as God. 
And in doing so, amen, we get down to verse 18. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Where John writes, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And Jesus is speaking here. He writes what he heard Jesus said. Jesus says, no man have seen God at any time. Uh Uh-oh. We have a problem here. Jesus said, no man have seen God at any time. So maybe the Enoch account isn't true. Let's read on. The only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father. So this speaks of an intimate relationship between God the son and God the father. In the bosom. Bosom uh, gives off intimacy, closeness, connection. Hath declared him. He said, Jesus is one of his main ministries was to unveil the nature and the character of Father God. At that point, the Hebrews did not see God as Father. They would call him El Shaddai or, uh, you know, the Lord Most High or Most Powerful God. Amen. They would call him, hallelujah, uh, Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord My Righteousness. They would, they would call him by all these El Elyon, all these other names, but they did not have an understanding of God being Father until Jesus declared him or unveiled the nature of Father God to the world. Amen. But the key word we want to focus on here, amen, to kind of clear up this dilemma is the word no man have seen. Let's look at this word seen in the Greek. Now we're we're dealing with the Greek root word now because we're in the New Testament portion of the Bible and that was written in Greek. This word seen in the Greek is the word horao. Horao. Hallelujah. Let me say it one more time. Horao. Hallelujah. Sounds hallelujah kind of nice coming off the tongue. Hallelujah. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Properly it means to see. Often with metaphorical meaning. So figurative meaning. To see with the mind. I.e. spiritually. I.e. perceive with the inward spiritual perception. In an emphatic sense of Christ who has an immediate and perfect knowledge of God without being taught by another. So when Jesus says no man have seen God, he say no man has an intimate type of relationship with him like I do being God myself. Not that no one's seen him. Enoch saw him. But Enoch being a human being like you and I didn't have the same kind of relationship that Jesus had with Father God. And Enoch had to be taught about God by his father and his ancestors. Jesus didn't have to be taught about it, taught about God from anybody. He is God. Had intimate, close relationship unlike any other intimacy. You know, there's intimacy amongst the complex unity we know as God. Intimacy between Father and Son, intimacy between Son and Holy Spirit, intimacy between Holy Spirit and Father God. There's an there's a intimacy, my God. There's a closeness. There's a knowledge of each other that we can't even fathom. They're co-equals. They're God. Yet they have different roles. 
in the Godhead. So Jesus is speaking of special relationship. That he's the only begotten of the Father. And it denotes a special relationship. Enoch didn't have that kind of relationship with God because he was not God himself. He was a man like you and I. Amen. So that clears up one question. So Jesus isn't talking about seeing God. Amen. Hallelujah. It does speak about, amen, uh, how Moses was face to face with God. Amen. That was it. That was a, 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 a Christophany. Amen. Just like Moses is at the burning bush. Amen. It was God manifesting himself in a way that would not destroy human beings. All right. The burning bush speaks of uh, a sacrifice that could not be consumed. That speaks of Christ. The bush was burnt. It had fire in it, but the bush was not consumed. Jesus was the sacrifice but he was not consumed by the wrath or the fire of God. I know I'm getting deep right now. Hallelujah. Basically it means, hallelujah, the scene that Jesus had an intimate relationship with God that he did not need to be taught by anyone about God. He just knew God because they are connected in the Godhead. They are God together. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's deal with our second dilemma here. Let's go to John 3, 13, the New Living Translation. Two scriptures, two uh, chapters over. Hallelujah. Jesus talked about no one's been to heaven. So how, how does this, how do we work this out with Enoch? Um, all right. We, so we see that the first one, no one's seen God, deals more with intimacy. It's not talking about, you know, seeing him. Obviously, if Enoch went to heaven, he saw God. Okay. And he walked with him for 300 years. I, w- I would think he would have seen God in some form, some Christophany. Hallelujah. So John 3.13, this is the same writer, two chapters over. This is John dealing with uh, Jesus' and Nicodemus' meeting. Amen. When Jesus said that you must be born again. All right. Hallelujah. And this is Jesus speaking to Nicodemus. He says, no one has ever gone to heaven and returned. King James renders a little bit different, but the New Living Translation makes it clear. No one has ever gone to heaven and returned. Has Enoch come back to earth? No, he's still in heaven. But the Son of Man has come down from heaven. So we deal with both things. Amen. Jesus is saying no one has gone to heaven and come back to report about God to you. Only I have. Only I have come from heaven and reported to you about God. Enoch didn't even do it. Enoch went to heaven, but he didn't come back down to report who God is to you. I did. Let's go to our next slide and see what all this means. This is point number four. When studied more closely, it is evident that Jesus was not casting doubt on Enoch's translation to heaven, but was merely making the dual points that one, he being the son of God, did not have to be taught by someone who God was like Enoch did. Enoch was taught by his fathers, his, 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 his ancestors about God. Then he got to know God for himself, but he had to be taught. Jesus being God didn't need to be taught. I know who my father is. I know who the Holy Spirit is. We are one. Point number two, in addition, Jesus having a unique relationship with God was not a mere man or prophet like Enoch who left earth and went to heaven and did not return. Or like the apostle Paul who temporarily went to heaven, received revelation from God and returned to earth to tell of his experience. Amen. This happened obviously after the cross. Jesus was stating that he was in fact God, the son, Christ. 
This is why he's making this statement to Nicodemus, who came to earth to unveil God as Father God, a loving God that was enacting his plan of redemption through him, him being Christ. What Jesus was simply saying here in both scriptures, amen, hallelujah, John 1.18 and John 3.13, amen, that I am God. He was making the statements that the only one who could have an intimate relationship with God that doesn't need to be taught about God would be God himself or God in the flesh. He was also saying that I'm the only one that's come from heaven to reveal God. I can do this because I am God. So this argument that Enoch did not go to heaven does not weigh based on these two scriptures. Jesus was just revealing himself as God, just like John. This, this is what John was doing in his gospel. He revealed Jesus as the Son of God or God the Son. And that's what Jesus was doing. And that was John's point of writing all this in his gospel. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're doing some heavy lifting today. This is some deep stuff. Hallelujah. It's like Asa would be preaching this today. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. That deep, brother. Amen. Hallelujah. Next slide. How could Enoch not, how could Enoch not see death if he lived before Christ's death on the cross? We're coming to a close soon. Hallelujah. So how did Enoch not see death if he lived before Christ's death on the cross? How does that happen? How did he possibly get to heaven before the cross? We're going to take a look at it. Amen. Hallelujah. Next slide. All right. We're going to break down the name Enoch. We've not done that yet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Enoch. Hallelujah. The Hebrew meaning is teacher or teaching. His name means teacher or teaching according to uh, the teaching of C.J. Lovick. If we break it down even further, Enoch, and we break it down to its Hebrew root letters. Amen. Hallelujah. He, the, word, the name and the word Enoch is made up of the Hebrew letters Chet, Nun, Vav, and Kaf. Chet, Nun, Vav, Kaf. Four Hebrew letters. Amen. And the Hebrews read from right to left. Amen. Hallelujah. We're reading backwards, y'all. The original language is read differently. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, the Hebrew language, amen, it's letters or pictograms. Amen. They're pictures. Amen. And these pictures carry meaning. Amen. Our letters in the English do not carry meaning. They carry sounds. Amen. They're phonetic. Amen. But our letters, amen, hallelujah, don't do like the Hebrew letters do. They are pictograms. They are pictures. They are tiny pictures that carry meaning. Let's look at the first letter, Chet. Amen. Chet means private sanctuary, a place of protection and refuge. Amen. Nun, amen, looks like a fish or don't be offended what I'm about to say. It looks like a, a male sperm cell. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why they refer to it like a fish, the uh, male sperm cell. Amen. If we've seen video, looks like it's swimming. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. It also means noon means activity or it means life. We know that the man carries the seed that, hallelujah, transfers life, amen, to the egg inside the woman, amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we got Chet, we got noon, we got Vav. Vav is an iron nail, amen, a nail used to connect two things together, amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And we have our last letter, Cuff, amen. Its original uh, look was like an open hand, so it's an open palm of a hand, and it means to cover, amen. Hallelujah. If we put it all together, amen, uh, point five, how was, how was Enoch able to get to heaven before Christ died on the cross? Our uh, point number five is Enoch's name pointed forward to Christ's redemptive work at the cross that reconnected man with God and gave man or believers in Christ the blood-bought right to eternal life. Enoch pleased God, amen, as we read in Hebrews 11 and 5, because his life pointed to God the Son, Jesus the Christ. Hallelujah. How did he please God? His life, his name pointed forward, amen, thousands of years to what Christ would accomplish at the cross. The gospel message is all throughout the old portion, Old Testament portion of the Bible. It's all about Jesus. The cross had effect, amen, the cross is outside of time. And he walking with God for 300 years had a revelation of what Christ would accomplish at the cross. And he believed it. And was translated to heaven because of it. You know, some of us, we, we, you know, we brag we've been saved 30 years, 40 years. This man walked with God intimately for 300 years. I think he would have got a revelation of Christ during those 300 years. <laughs> 300 years of intimacy with God, Elohim, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He had an understanding of the cross thousands of years before it occurred. Being the seventh generation from Adam, he was ordained to not die because his life represented what Christ would accomplish at the cross thousands of years later. Hallelujah. 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 Let's go to our last slide here. Amen. In conclusion, amen. Hallelujah. Enoch's life represents the church. Enoch's life represents the church. That means you and I. Hallelujah. As he was translated into heaven by faith. Hallelujah. His life pointed forward prophetically to what Christ would accomplish for mankind at the cross. Hallelujah. That we might get to heaven by faith faith hallelujah i know i've been caught up in a lot of things to try to get to heaven to try to gain god's approval amen but it was by faith in jesus christ is all that i needed and all that you need amen to have eternal life hallelujah glory to god enoch's life is a statement from god that we too will be translated into heaven and not see death because of our faith in christ anybody ever been kind of wishy-washy but i don't know if i'm going to heaven well, Enoch's life is a testimony that by faith you will. Hallelujah. You need encouragement? Look at Enoch's life. Yes, you messed up. Yes, I messed up. Yes, we blew it. Yes, we're human. There is no strength 
in man. Stop looking for strength in human beings. There is no strength in man apart from God. We're weak as water. The, the highest preacher in the land is a weakling. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. It's all about Jesus. You know, part of the way I start to understand how I can forgive people because I have an expectation for people that's unrealistic. People are weak. I'm weak. Apart from God. He is strength. What did Paul say? He said, my strength is made perfect in weakness. That's when Paul realized that when I stop faking the funk, when I stop acting like I'm all that, admit that I am weak and I'm in need of God's strength, then God can work in me and have his way. The rich young ruler was trying to pat himself on the back in front of the Lord Jesus and tell Jesus how strong and how righteous he was. And then Jesus gave him one, you know, made one statement to him about sell all that you have, amen. And it showed that he was not following the Ten Commandments like he thought he was, amen. Because the Ten Commandments, the first commandment says, uh, basically paraphrasing that God should be all, your all in all, that everything should come behind God. So he was putting his riches above following God, God being God the Son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Saints, we get to heaven by faith just like Enoch did. Hallelujah. God will save his people before the tribulation like Enoch. Well, I don't know. Are we going to be here during the tribulation? Is this the tribulation now? No, this is not the tribulation. As bad as it is, this is not the tribulation. These are signs of the times that Jesus is soon to return. Hallelujah. God saved Enoch from the tribulation of the flood. Enoch did not have to experience that. Enoch being a type of the church. Amen. We won't have to experience the tribulation period. The tribulation is God's wrath against those who have rejected Christ. I've sent mankind, I've sent the earth a solution to their sins. And only two, million, only two billion out of the seven, mil, seven billion people on the earth have accepted him. Amen. Here's my wrath for those who've, ex, who've rejected me, so to speak. My God, we won't be there. Why, why, we've accepted him. Why should we be here? God will save his people before the tribulation, just like Enoch was spared the tribulation of the flood. Let us draw inspiration and comfort from the life of Enoch. Now, if we take it a step further, and this just dropped in me, amen. So, but what about Noah and his uh, family? Amen. Hallelujah. Noah and his family represent the Israelites. That God preserved a remnant for himself. There'll be Israelites, amen, who have not accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. And they won't accept him till they see him sitting on the throne of Jerusalem as ruler of the world. There were those that will endure to the end or endure the seven year period until Christ is finally seated on the throne of the earth. Amen. As its ruler. And then they will accept him as Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That we're praying that we get as many of our Jewish brothers and sisters that believe in Christ before the tribulation. Amen. Because there's no guarantee that you will survive that. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. So yes, we pray for the peace of Israel. We pray for them to come to a, a knowledge of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And many of them don't even know that he was an Israelite like they are. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. But saints, you and I, we have a guarantee for heaven. By faith. Somebody say, hallelujah. I'm done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Friends, if you were impacted by this message about Jesus Christ and want to receive his love and forgiveness, say these words with me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Please forgive me of all sins, transgressions, and iniquities. I believe you died to pay the penalty for all my sins, past, present, and future. I believe you rose from the dead as the evidence that Father God accepted your sacrifice for my sins. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if you said that prayer sincerely, you are saved and one day going to heaven. So God bless you. God loves you. And go on with the Lord. Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us at I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. We hope the message blessed you and unveiled the love of Christ to you in a greater way. God bless.